Shalom Abrahu Rabti Abamas Dav Tzadi. Today's Dav continues the discussion of whether the Rabbanan have the power to uproot a Doverman HaTayra, which is most of the Dav at the end. We go back to discuss the various halachas of this woman who accidentally married a second husband, not knowing that her first husband was still alive. Baruchist is now trying to prove that the Chachamim do have this right to uproot Doverman HaTayra. The first proof that he tries bringing it's from Gittin Nun Dalad. The Gemara tells us that if someone ate Tomate Shruma, he has to pay back Chulin to Hirim. If he paid back with Chulin to Mayan, it's Machlaikis. Sumcha says, Bishim Rameir, that if he did a Peshoigeg, he pays back. That Chulin to Mayan that he paid back works. But if he did a Mazid, then it won't work. The Chacham disagree with Sumchas, and they say that no matter what, whether it was Shoigeg or Mazid, it counts as a valid pay up. But he has to pay again for the chumat that he ate, chulin tohirin. So we said right there, if he eats a b'mezid, then it's not a valid reciprocation. That's because we knas him. And the Gemara asks, why are we knasing him? It's true, he knew they were tomei, but now he's doing a proper tashlumen. That's something that you can eat while being tomei. So Rav over there answers... Some say it was Kadi. That, that we're actually missing a piece of that of that Gemara. Really, what it's telling us is that if somebody ate chuma tamei, he has to pay back anything, even chulin tamei. If he ate chuma tahoira, then he has to pay back chulin tahoirin. And in that case, if he acts, if he paid back chulin tamei instead, we have we have a machlekes. Sumches says b'shem Rameir that if he paid back tahoirin by mistake, b'shoigig. It's valid, but if he did this b'meizid, it's not valid. The Chachamim say either way, whether he pays the ba- pays back the tamayim b'shoigig or b'meizid, why he paid back stays, and he has to pay back again chulin tohirim. So why are we bringing this in? You see that we're talking about halacha midoiraisa and minatayra. It is a valid tashlumen. If a koyin would be mekadesh a woman with it, it would be a good kedushin. And the rabbanon are still coming along and telling us. That it's not a good tashlum and you have to do it again. By doing this, they're mattering an ashes ish. You see, they're abundant to have the koyach to operate, uproot a de'oiraisa. The Gemara answers, this might not be the greatest raya. What does it mean when the Chachamim say that it's not a valid payment when he pays back with Tameim? It means you have to do it again with Chulun Tohirin. It doesn't mean that he's fine. The Gemara asks now if, the, if that's really. What Rameir was telling us, then Sumchus is the exact same thing as the Rabbanon. Sumchus Peshim Rameir is the same halacha. It's not good, you have to, meaning you have to do it again. You have to pay back with Tahirim. So Ravika explains, there is a difference between them. They're arguing whether we make a knas when someone does something Beshoigig, or to he may do it Bemezid. According to Rameir, he did it Beshoigig, that's okay. He does not need to pay it again, Betahirim. The abundance say no, it doesn't matter whether he did it Shagig or Bemazid, he has to do it again. So we try to bring another raya to their abundance powered up root erasers. In the Mesa Mikdosh, the Gemara Psachim Tezai and Amabez tells us if the blood from a carbon became Tomei and they accidentally Bishoigig still sprinkle it, it's still good. That carbon is valid and the person will be Mikhaim, the kapara that he needs to get. But if they sprinkle it Bemazid, even though they know that this blood became Tomei, then the carbon is invalid. It doesn't work. Ah, we're talking about a de'araisa. And midi'araisa, 
sprinkling blood, even b'mezid, would create a valid carbon. The bris, uh, we have a riot from a brisa. Also for the Pesachim on Pema Beis, when discussing the tzitz, the tzitz is meratze, it brings a kapara for dam, basar, cholov, that became tamay, b'shoigig, or b'mezid, b'ayin, is b'ratze, b'yich, b'tibor. Nevertheless, the Rabbanon come along and they say, nope, it doesn't work. This carbon's invalid if it became tamay. You see, they have the koyach to actually bring chul in the azara. So Rabbi Yoisi Barachanina answers, it doesn't mean that the that the korban is 100% valid, that you could eat the meat of it. When the Rabbonans say, so that, that the blood, this blood sprinkling is not meratzed, doesn't activate the korban, it means that the Bailam don't get their kapara. Rather, they, the meat is not kosher, but the Bailam still get their kapara. The Gemara says, yeah, but the Rabbonans are still taking away the right to eat the meat of this korban. The Pesach says, which means that the Kehanim are allowed to eat from the Karbon. Part B is that the Bailam get their Kapara, so you're, you're taking away half of it. The Rabbonin clearly have the right to uproot a Daraisa. The Gemara answers, they're not uprooting a Daraisa. They're saying, that don't do the Daraisa. And that's different than going against it to saying, do something actively against what the Torah says. So they told Rebbe if Shev Al-Tasa is different, then I had all these other questions from Oral, Azor, Ismail Saad, and Tzitzis, Kifsi Atzeres, Shoifer, and Lulav, where it all seemed that the Rabbana went against the Torah, but turns out those were all cases of Shev Al-Tasa, and that's not considered uprooting something from the Torah. So the Gemara tries to bring another Raya. The Pasuk tells us, they have to listen to your Nevi'im. Elov Tishmu'un. Even if he tells you, to be over in one of the mitzvahs of Shabbat Torah, like Elio and Avia and HaKarmel, was allowing us to bring Korbonos on, on a bama outside Mishkan. If the Navi says that this is what you're supposed to do, you see the Chachamim do have the Koyach of going against the Torah, of uprooting Halacha. The Gemara says, no, 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 no. The Torah specifically allows it here. It says, Elav Tishmun, listen to the Navi, even if it's going Kenegeda Halacha. The Gemara says, that's great. Why don't we learn from here to everywhere else? Although Anavi was allowed to do that, why aren't they allowed to uproot halachas of the Torah in other places, just like Aliyah Anavi? Where it says, when they're making Gedorim to shut down the Navi Balan in Aliyah Anavi's case, that's different. You can't learn from there. So we try to bring another Raya. If a husband sends a get to his wife, and in, while the get is in root, he's mevatelit. According to Rebbe, it's not a valid get. And turns out the wife is not divorced. They're still married. But Shimon Ben Gamaliel says, no, you can't be mevatel get. You can't add anything to the Tanai. Because the best, the Rabbanon told us not to. So if we break this down, we're talking about halacha midoiraisa and minataira. This get is batel if he's mevatel it while it's going to his wife. And because of the Bezdin, because of the halacha de Rabbanon, we're actually allowing an Eishas Ish. The Gemara answer is here is different because the whole framework of Kiddushin was prescribed by the Rabbanon. So they're also allowed to rearrange their halachas. That works if he was Mekadesh with Kesef. But if he was Mekadesh with Bia, how the Rabbanon allowed to change the halachas here within a Daraisa framework? The Gemara explains that the Rabbanon can make it that that Bia 
wasn't the Bia of Kiddushin, it was a Bia of Znos. It's all within their framework of what the Torah means by Kiddushin. So Gemara tries another raya, but Elizabeth ben Yaakov tells us that he heard that Bezdin can give makas and punish even if the Torah does not prescribe it in order to make a siyog, a safeguard for the Torah. In fact, there was a story. There was someone who was riding on a horse on Shabbos. It was during the times of the Greeks when they were infiltrating our religion. They brought him to Bezdin and gave him skila. Not because that's what the proper punishment for riding a horse on Shabbos is, but in order to eradicate the promulgation of the Greek influences, they actually gave him skila beyond the Torah prescribed punishments. There's another story with someone who had Tashmash with his wife in public under a fig tree. They brought him to Bezdin and gave him skila, not because that's the proper prescribed Torah punishment for it, but because they needed to eradicate that breach of tznias in that, that, that era. You see that the Chachamim do have this tremendous power beyond what the Torah prescribed. The Gemara says here, just like Belio Hanavi, here was different because they had the set of Gedorim. That's why they had the right to breach the standardized Torah framework. Now, going back to our Mishnah, we had this case of a woman who remarries when she finds out that her husband died, but then her first husband came back alive. And we said that neither of these husbands, if they're kind, are allowed to be metamet to her. How do we know this? Says the Gemara, the Pasuk says, Akain is only allowed to be metamet to a close relative. Sheira refers to as Isha, and it says loy yitame bal ba'amov lehecholoy. What is this teaching me? That there are some husbands that can be metamet to their wives, and others that cannot. Which husband can't be metamet to his wife? Our case, if the wife is not an Isha Ksheira. If she's not, if he's not actually allowed allowed to be married to this woman, he's only the coin is only allowed to be metamet to his wife if it was a legal relationship. Now, neither of the husbands are zoyche in the mitzvahs that she finds. Why? Because the rabbanan only gave this right to the husbands so that they'd get along with their wives. But we actually don't want this husband to get along with his wife. We want them to break up. So we're not going to grant them this right. Likewise, they don't get the her paycheck because the Rabbana only gave them, the, the husband, the rights to a woman's paycheck because they're chayev to feed her. But since she's not being fed by these husbands, they don't get her paycheck. They cannot be made for her nadarim because the only reason why the, the Torah allows a husband the power to be made for nadarim is so that the wife would not be meguna to them. If she takes on a a promise which makes her repulsive in her husband's eyes. We want the husband to be able to overrule that. But over here, we do want her to be repulsive to these husbands because we don't want them to be together. So we rescind that right. If she's a Bas Yisrael, she's not allowed to marry a Koyin, said the Mishnah. But that's pretty obvious. No, she has the din of being a Zoyna. The Gemara explains that that's true. That, that part is obvious. But the next step of the Mishnah, is what we're trying to get to, that a bass levy does not get miser. The Gemara challenges that way. Just because a bass levy engages in znos, she no longer has rights to miser. We learned that if a levia is captured or has be'ilas znos, we still give her miser. Rav explains that in this case, we forbid her from eating miser as a knas. 
Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.